0: This is Trisha Lewis. Are you ready to make it real? Yeah! How do we stop dreading content creation and begin to enjoy it? How do we get a bit braver about what we put out there? Is it all about being loud and shouty and dancing on TikTok? I don't think so. Let's listen to some wise words before we get going.
1: You you know, it, it seems unsurmountable, but actually you can just simply build your little bridge across it. Take that first step. That's the being brave. That first step is the hardest one to do. I know because I've been there and I, find it, I found it so hard to do. It's that, you know, take, so I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna cross this chasm as myself. I'm gonna, you know, take that one step and I am not gonna plummet to my untimely doom. My guest this week is Anna Brabington, the co-founder
0: and head of content at Those That Dare. She is so good at creating content that has her own voice in it, and she helps others make sure their content meets their business goals and connects with their audiences. Sounds simple? Well, it's not, is it? So let's dig into this a bit. I'm absolutely bubbling with questions to ask this guest because it's a, a subject area that I think we could go for hours on and we're going to try and contract it into half an hour in a disciplined manner um so that we've got some real practical stuff that you listeners can take away from this because this this person is a mine of inspiration and wisdom hello anna hello
1: i love it. i'm not i've never been disciplined I don't think it's going to be disciplined at all.
0: <laughs> we're set. I'm setting the target, but that doesn't mean to say I will achieve it, Anna. But it's good to give it a go. Eyes so on no, prize. you're right. This conversation will <laughs> flow, um, but with with lots that will really resonate, I think, with our listeners. So. Um, Anna and I have known each other for quite a while so we're trying not to just start chatting away about you know personal stuff um, because this is for you the listeners and I want to really make the most of having Anna right here on the screen next to me. So what we're going to talk about is content creation now when I say content creation it sounds a little bit dull actually and people might be "Oh, oh content creation <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't be bothered but when I put a couple of other words in there like those that dare which is your company name yeah. and when I say being brave and when I remind people that Anna's podcast is called crossing the content chasm I think
1: we've <laughs> we, we put adventure into it haven't we Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got to have a bit of fun and adventure with it. Taking the people on a journey. Journey. Love it. Yeah. Adventurous journey. So no more, oh, boring content creation.
0: No. So let's start with real basics. Uh, and I, Another thing I want to point out is that Anna puts in her LinkedIn profile, and this is so necessary for everybody, that you will turn content into conversations by using this kind of audience-led content strategy, turn content into conversation. So, in other words, we're not going to. Let's start with this, Anna. You know, when people, I've, I've, I've already got inside people's mind by assuming that some people might go, oh, content creation.
1: Yeah. Um. Do you think I'm right about that? I do think you're right. I think people find it a lot of effort, and they're not sure of the reward because it's quite hard to track as well, and. People are like myself, a lot of introverts or just not extra, very extroverted. So they, you know, the thought of putting your face out there, your voice out there. Every there's so many parts of content that people dread. That as soon as the word content comes up, it's exactly as you said. It was, Oh, goodness, content. You know, it's it's a bit of a dirty word sometimes, I think.
0: Yeah, I know a, l- a lot. Many words have become like that. So we, we need to refresh and uh, put the sparkle back in stuff. And it's yeah. interesting you mentioned introverts. We will definitely any out there any out there now (laughs) keep listening because this is very much for you as well um you you as well it's not like you're that abnormal or anything I mean it's for everyone which will include people who maybe don't get so excited about the idea of standing on stages and showing their face all over the place in fact interestingly I had a conversation only yesterday with somebody who absolutely hates social media So where you start to unpack that is quite interesting. And the reason is a general fear that they're going to get attacked as soon as they Mm. put something on it. So give us your thoughts on that, Anna.
1: Yeah, I think, I sometimes think social media is what you make of it. So I really struggle with confrontation, um, with dealing people outside of my echo chamber. And people talk about echo chambers as being a bad thing. But actually, I'm not outside of social media, I'm not friends with people I don't like, you know, I don't buy magazines that I don't like. I don't you know, I don't engage with anything, you know, that I don't like, Um, you know, I watch the news because it's good to see different opinions. And I do sometimes read different opinions, but I don't bombard myself with it all of the time. You know, it's I choose when to go into it and. I suddenly took this mindset with social media I stopped following pages where there was lots of trolls and a lot of negativity Um, you know people that I don't mind I'm not saying that people have to think exactly as I think but you know where there's homophobia and racism and things like that which stuff I really struggle a lot of misogynist people I really find that hard to read on a daily basis so what I thought is that why can't I have an echo chamber? Actually, you know, my Facebook feed is for family and friends and companies that I like and I follow. And I took a load off there that if you posted something, you immediately got attacked. You know, even if it was not negative, I just stripped it all out, and I love my Facebook now. I spend out, you know, not hours, like, but you know, some time on it, um, talking to people, having lovely conversations, and from a mental health perspective it's much better and the same with LinkedIn actually I I've curated it a little bit more and I've learned to scroll past sometimes because um, I've spoken to friends before about when you go to work and you're in an office you get put in with a load of people that you don't always get on with you don't like and you can't curate that that's what you lump with whereas LinkedIn I've decided actually no I'm going to have this as people that I like in the workplace, you know, different workplaces that are on the same wavelength, are supportive, are great, because that's what you need at work. You know, we often talk about like, you know, unsquashing and imposter syndrome, what a lot of us have, which we get sometimes from all those personalities at work. So actually I'm gonna have a lovely LinkedIn space where there's people I really like, and I'm gonna engage with people I love and have my echo chamber. And it's a lot less stress actually. And, you know, if I put some content out and I love a bit of discussion, but if someone's just really negative, I just block them now. I've got block, block, block. It's so much better for your mental health. And I think there's a bit of a shame that people have put in that, but no, do it for you. This is your space, your LinkedIn, even your business page, block people. Because if they're being trolley to you, you don't want to work with them. So just block them. And it's, and now since I've got over that hurdle, it's lovely, and I feel content, and it's wonderful. And um, and social media is no longer a chore for me. So I give you permission to curate your feed and block. Listen
0: to that, listen. To that. that is brilliant. I
1: block them, block
0: them, block them. Yeah, honestly, you make that you make that point so well because none. I know none of the people listening to this and you and i are the kind of people that want to be in a bubble not caring mm. or looking at different perspectives being curious i'm curious is my favorite mm. word for goodness sakes but there is a big difference between what you're saying and that that, that there are sort yeah. of extremes and what what you're you're not saying shut yourself off uh, just yeah. repeat what everybody else is saying get on the bandwagon get all your adoring fans in so that they just keep mm. adoring you that's not what you're saying no you're saying just curate carefully so that you nurture a fascinating bunch of eclectic mix of people, but mm. not the but the kind of people like you say that you would want to go for coffee with, yeah, you know, exactly. that you might not immediately have everything in common
1: with, but that you'd like to go and have a good old natter with, you know. Yeah. Please. And, and the thing is you can do, you can go and research stuff and stuff that's really outside your bubble, your terms as well because social media is a feed and it's very into you you don't really get to curate that too much you know it the algorithms display what they think you need to display and you can create it by who you follow but you can't curate every single post that you see so you're if you're following a lot of negative spaces you just can't stop seeing them whereas if you do it the other way and you have the choice right i'm going to read a right-wing newspaper if you're left-wing because i want to see what's happening there i'm gonna you know I'm gonna go and see what's happening on, um, you know, sites where they're talking about the vaccine or you know controversial topics. But you can do it in a time when you're in the right mindset, where you're prepared rather than it just surprising you, um, and and then you suddenly feeling very very stressed about it because you're not in the right headspace. Whereas if you're going to find it, it it makes you you're ready to oh, actually I want to learn a bit more about this perspective. I'm ready but I am prepared that there might be something I don't like. And it just turns that tables to help your mindset rather than being bombarded with it constantly.
0: Yeah, which, as you say, is just bad for your mental health. I love that. Explore other places, but do it on your terms and embrace your beautifully created echo chamber guilt free. Great. Yeah. Good tick. Right. OK. <laughs> I knew I knew you'd be able to put a great perspective on that. So let's get down to the practicalities then. So, you know, there's a there is a lot of mindset stuff involved in this. But just mm. let's move on and hope that we're in a place where, yeah, we genuinely know that we want to put some stuff out there. We've chosen our platforms because that's the other thing. We don't mm. have to be everywhere. I yeah. have a weird relationship, for instance, with. My social media platforms in so much as Instagram I love because of it's what it was originally set up for, which is the visual uh, stuff. So I go crazy on my little nature photographs and all sorts in there. Um, Twitter, I'm like, uh, all o- in many ways all over the shop with, but I use it totally differently. That's not yeah. so I don't pop a few business related stuff in there every now and then, but I will get a little bit more. Political on Twitter within reason. Mm. I'm very quick to block people if I think I don't want them anywhere near my feed. Go away. Um, And you know, to be fair, I am in quite a lovely echo chamber there because I follow certain people like James O'Brien, who's an LBC presenter, and anyone who knows him will understand what I'm saying. And, you know, that is the place where you are likely to possibly get some very interesting, very interesting things happen. I've just had a blinking tweet go literally viral, um, which I never has never happened to me before. And I don't think it would happen anywhere else. And it was just I hear things I think, oh, my God, that's a brilliant quote or whatever. And on it goes and I always now double check for spelling because you can't edit on Twitter and make sure that I've made it concise and haven't blabbered on and every now and then it just catches the moment so it's what's the problem explore and if you suddenly think no I don't want a viral tweet Mm -hmm. then um fine don't do it again (laughs) it's okay nothing bad's gonna happen but the thing is that once once we've chosen our platform and how we're going to use them, this business of being brave, right, what do you mean by
1: that, Anna, be brave with your content creation? It's about standing out from the crowd, because it's funny, because I was um, looking at my business partner the other day about uh, content, different content agencies, and we we're like, have we seen this one before? It was just, it was like a a clone there were several that were clones of each other pretty much the language was very the same the imagery was very the same and I couldn't actually remember if I'd this was a new site I was looking at or I'd looked at it before and the 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 tone the content was very state safe it was very content agency what you would expect but then you have that problem have I seen this person before is this Oh, am I mixing them up? Is it, you know, is it hard? You know, if you're an accountant, if you're, you know, a coach, people are going to just really struggle to distinguish you from the crowd. You know, there is so much content that is around these days that if you're not standing out and it doesn't have to be in a viral way, like I said, it, it can just be that you're doing your own thing in your own way. I mean, the worst thing we can do is sometimes look at other people's content and say, oh, actually, yeah, I'll do that, because it stops you thinking about your own content. I do this, like, I'm trying to write a book at the moment, and I've been reading lots of books on content, and now I want to write those exact books in my head, and that, but that's not me, that's not how I write, and that's, that would be not very true to myself, so what you have to do is, is get over that, imposter syndrome of thinking that you haven't got anything to say, that you haven't got anything new to say. You'd be surprised actually how simple things, a lot of people won't know from your industry, just absolute basic things that you do day to day. I was looking the other day, I've got a new partner I brought into my business and I wanted to know how to sort out the legal documents to make her a shareholder and a partner. Could I find this information? no it was really difficult and I had to phone up about 20 people to find out what we need to do and it was really difficult and but a lot of people probably thought in sort of legal and accountancy area oh well that's just a simple thing you know people know how to do it so no one had written about it so I I just want to this is such a important
0: I love the way you're putting this because this is curse of knowledge stuff and and this is this is if every I'm in fact this is a classic Anna I mustn't make the assumption that everybody knows the phrase curse of knowledge get it that's meta love it love it so meta (laughs) so (laughs) so without sounding patronizing because you probably have heard of this phrase listeners but curse of knowledge is literally you are cursed by your knowledge you you know everything and you think it's obvious and in areas well I mean communication skills for goodness sakes just recently I did a post which talked about impression management now for me having done a degree in communication and years of stuff to do with theatre which is also connected to this it was an absolute everyday phrase impression management of course everyone knows And it was amazing that I got back a couple of comments. Oh, this is fascinating. I'm going to go and look that up and find out more about that. I never knew. And I thought, Oh, curse of knowledge. I've done that assumption thing that everybody knows about. Um, Somebody recently that I, that I paid to help me by looking at their content and thinking, yes, this person can help me was talking about the most simple, basic things to do with WordPress Mm. and what, just like you said about needing that information, I just wanted what to me was going to be really complicated and take hours, and probably I'd never sort out, um, to be sorted by someone who I could trust. So it was, I trust them, and I know what they do. And it didn't actually need anything flashy. So when you're talking about brave, you're not actually... I think this is really interesting because people might think, oh, oh, be brave. That means
1: I've got, you mean do TikTok and uh, do- yeah, t- I'm not I'm not expecting a TikTok <laughs> dance. <laughs> I mean, you can do it if you like, but you know, it's not mandatory. <laughs>
0: no, it's not mandatory. If it's not no. you, don't do no. it. No. And I love the way you're talking about getting to grips with, uh, we, we're all looking forward to your book. I mean, you know my book, and I mean, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but it—it it was hard work to have the belief that I could do my book like I did. Um, mm. Now, because I've done it in a very quirky way, it's very. But people say I can hear your voice. That's yeah. an interesting thing. When people say I can literally hear your voice in some of the yeah. content I put out there and the book, but I worked. This is where we get onto supportive community because I worked with a team and I worked with a fabulous book coach mm-hmm. who I had got to sort of know and would know my vibe and that book coach encouraged me over and over again not to water down what I was trying to do, not to mm-hmm. try and be like one of the other kind of communication skill type books. Um, uh, I said, really, really? You think I can really use this Investigator Lewis character and do this thing? But yes, she kept saying, yeah. yes. And so tell us about that, that side of it, the support.
1: Absolutely. You know, when I, um, I'm, as I mentioned, at the beginning, I'm more naturally an introvert. I like being behind the camera. I, I don't like to put my face on things, you know, for me to start my own podcast was, it was quite extreme, but I did that through support. So um, if anyone doesn't know, Trisha coached me to bring to unsquash me because I was going through a quite a difficult time, and um, I'd lost my mum. I I was in the process of not liking my job, and then I was made redundant, and I was feeling quite impostory, wasn't I? At the point, and I I just didn't know which way to go. And then you started bringing out that what I should do versus what I wanted to do, and that support from you sort of sent me in the right direction and then um Trisha and I are members of a community called You Are the Media. Uh, a fellow friend of ours is um has a community called Espresso. Um, And I was a member of both those communities, and I got to see what other people were doing. There was so much support, you know, oh, you're starting your own business. This is amazing. Um, Oh, yeah, do a podcast. There's a lady I know um, from our local town that we used to work together. She'd done her own podcast, so she was talking to me through it. She gave me her podcast agency. This community, like everyone, as soon as I started my business, everyone wanted to help and give me the support. And they knew that content was the thing that I tried the hardest. So John Asperian from what well, in the espresso group said, right, I'll do some challenges video in the group. So the safety of the group. And so um, he did this, I like, was two truths and one lie. And we just did them one video and posted them to the group. And that was the first time I'd put my face on video and put it out there. But because it was really safe, I didn't feel like it wasn't to the, Outside world, it was just this community I could try it out, see what people thought, got tips. That sort of community aspect of it was so good. And I always say this: if if you're working on your own, find a community like like our You Are the Media or Espresso, or if you're working for a company, do an internal trial and just do videos for each other. Like find people that are going to support and give you not just say, that, "Oh, that's good," but give you criticism. You know, confidence that when you're ready to go to the outside world you don't have to just do your first video and plomp it on LinkedIn you can get this support you know it's a bit like when you've got your book and you get the beta readers before you put it live get people to give a bit of criticism and critique I mean when we did our videos for LinkedIn you know the cover stories and then we we're all posting those on Espresso Plus and everyone was saying oh that's good oh maybe you should mention this maybe you should mention that it was so good that community that just gives you genuine feedback you know it is a a nice safe bubble so you're not so nervous and you know it's not going out to the entire world somehow you know two or three hundred people seems much less scary than millions of people or not knowing how many people that is going out to you know a a group is a a finite sort of number and for me that step was the first step And then once I'd got a bit more confident, I I remember saying to John Spear, right, I'm going to do a podcast. And I leapt into it. Um, The other thing I'd say is like that community, like you said, source them to help you do stuff. So my podcast has been through my community. So all of my guests, I have not invited anyone that I did not know on it. And the podcast agency also said this, they were like, invite people you know who you can talk to. Because if you're talking to a stranger, that's really hard but it's the same. You could do a video with someone who's got in a similar industry, but you're not competitors do some series together. I've got um, an agency that is digital PR and we are going to do a campaign together. So we're not competing, but we've got the same clients and we're doing it together because we've both got different skill sets and it's a big campaign and we both feel nervous doing it on our own. So we're we're doing it between us. So that you don't have to yeah. do stuff in isolation, do you? No, you you absolutely don't. I mean, I come from a background of, as as an
0: actor. What does an actor do? You rehearse, for goodness' yeah. sakes. You rehearse. You have a director that y- you you are not um, weird about taking direct. If you are, you're not a good actor. <laughs> um, you you absolutely welcome. The direction because of the dynamic that is set up it's a it's a sort of trusting learning environment so if a director says to an actor yeah I don't think that quite I'm not feeling that you know let's try it this way or how about if you know you do it you do it you absolutely you know, embrace that learning. Uh, I mean, a bad actor doesn't, I'll just tell you that for now. So, so yeah, I want to do it like this because this is how it works best and I want to be central stage here, not upstairs. Yeah, whatever. Okay. But good actors embrace that process of getting the critical feedback, practicing it again, um, getting feedback from the rest of the cast. I delivered a training session the other day and one of the key things that I said to people was what we're doing now this this role play type thing that we're doing in a group I suggest you find somebody before any presentation or meeting and try it out with them and they thought and there was kind of like lots of little light bulbs went off and never never thought of doing that of course it's great so what you're saying is is so valuable yes nurture a community of some sort Mm. where you are more than happy to be able to give really good critical feedback as you say what you don't want is simply to get into a nice little safe bubble somewhere even online when you're actually Mm. putting it out there where all you've got is oh this is really good well done congratulations i really like this Um, it's lovely and people I don't I shouldn't put on that funny voice because people aren't (laughs) aren't being nice and supportive which is lovely but in a way is that really is that really what you want you 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 can get into these sort of pod type things a bit controversial on Mm. LinkedIn and as it happens, I've, I've sort of got a group of people that I happen to like as friends that are in a sort of, you know, we message in a in-group thing on LinkedIn, but, and sometimes we might share a post saying, gosh, I could really do with some support on this because it's about an event or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if you, I, I think I've learned that if you get too cozy in those groups, everyone's just being lovely to everyone. Yeah. Um, it, I think it affects the algorithms a bit as well, and so you, you've got to be cautious about that, but off offline, you know, when, when you're just in these mm. communities, absolutely, it's a must. Yeah. So, what I'm taking away, in a way from this being brave, is not so much, as I say, it's not about uh, use absolutely crazy colours, um, do, you know, music and dances and mm. uh, be controversial, and blah, blah, blah. It's about the bravery bit is about you deciding you really can own
1: your own voice absolutely and and you know the reason I call my podcast crossing the content chasm is because it feels like a giant chasm that you're trying to cross with content because you you know it, it seems unsurmountable but actually you can just simply build your little bridge across it take that first step that's the being brave that first step is the hardest one to do I know because I've been there and I find it I found it so hard to do it's that you know take so I'm gonna be me I'm gonna cross this chasm as myself I'm gonna you know take that one step and I am not gonna plummet to my untimely doom immediately you know I am gonna I'm just gonna take one step across at a time and just build my bridge and, you know, and then, you know, eventually I'll have the bridge of Anna across across the chasm, which is my bridge from one side to the other.
0: I'm leaving a gap because I'm going to edit that bit and use it as a clip. <laughs> 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 Anna, that was beautiful. I love that. I'm not going to plummet to my untimely doom. We all catastrophize. It's very, very, yeah. very, very human. I mean, I mean to be fair. I always sometimes say to people in the nicest possible way, it's a little bit arrogant of us to think that everybody's life is revolving around that post that we're putting out. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I think I think we kind of over imagine um, the, the sort of grandioseness of this moment, um, not because we're egomaniacs, but because we're human. And there's a, there's all yeah. sorts of research into this. You know, the spotlight um, effect is, is a thing where you imagine that people are paying way more attention to you than they are. Um, yeah. So, you know getting your head around all those sort of things is a step-by-step process, as Anna say, you know, uh, and taking that first step, get that supportive community, rehearse it, try it out and keep saying, does that sound like me or does that Mm. sound like someone else? Even down to the tone of my voice, the words I'm using, the image I've put out there. um, Have I put a stock image out there? Why would I do that? Um, You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it it, so the more you do this the more you come out of uh warning it will always happen but you become aware of it the comparisonitis trap Mm. because you will you will own yourself more so let's sum up with my um regular two questions I say that I've only just started it you're my guinea pig this is the first (laughs) time I've done this um for the make it real podcast number one what do you think is the one of the biggest myths in your arena as in content,
1: content creation. The content is hard because it's, it feels hard, but that's because you haven't taken that first step and it feels unsurmountable, but actually it's not, it's just about breaking it down and, you know, just taking little steps, you know, what do I want to talk about? Who am I? what do I want to do? Who am I trying to attract? Just break down it into simple steps. And it's it's not hard. You know, I thought when I first started my business, oh my goodness, I, I've got to create content. I'm never going to be able to create content. I see all these wonderful people with content. And I, I was in the exact same place. And actually, now that I do it, I'm not saying it isn't time consuming, you know, and you have to come up with ideas. You know, there is that thing, because anything that's worth doing is it's got to have a bit of effort into it but it's not as hard as you think once you get over it like now I even when I'm doing sending um, a document to a client I use Vidyard to try and get my video practice in and it's just a one-to-one and I video a message with the document I'm sending over to explain the document Rather than writing it all in an email. And my clients are loving it. But it's just that practice that I'm getting in. You can include it in every little thing that you do. Oh, do you know what you've done?
0: You've done to a certain extent you've given us a practical tip, but I love it. But let's let's try the second question anyway. You see, you yeah. just give, you're such a giver. <laughs> but so, so the second <laughs> question is give our listeners just one practical tip that they can put into practice right now so hard picking one Mm. I
1: think for me it's about the subject matter knowing your subject matter and what you want to talk about because that I find is people's hardest thing to define and the tip is to just think back to what your clients ask what your customers ask when you're bringing someone on board what do they ask what questions know, do they ask if you're a accountancy firm do they ask about you know oh I don't understand this about you know submitting taxes and I don't know much about tax. My accountant does it. Um, but I'm sure when I started, I had loads of questions for what time of year do I do it? How do I register limited company? What do they ask you? Um, and when you're, they're a client already, what are the things that come back time and time again that they ask you to do or don't understand? That is a really great place to start. And just analyzing what you've got already is, a, is the best place to start rather than trying to pull ideas out of thin air.
0: Do you know that is perfect?
1: I I'm
0: going to confess to something very beautifully nerdy that I did quite recently. Oh. I took all my because uh, after each session in a programmer coaching, as you know, client notes are produced. Um, I took all of the original thought nudges that I send out which are you know really getting people's ideas about what it is that they're struggling with etc I took all the notes and stuff and I spent quite a while doing a google sheet yes Um, I love it and I put in client stuff in one in one column that 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 kept coming up so I in other words I found out the 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 common themes, so I sort of got it down to about say twenty, and then got it down to a few, you know, a few less, and then I went into looking at keywords um, and uh, ask or answer the public, you know, that search yep. thing that you can do to see what questions are getting asked. So I sort of then cross reference. How nerdy am I? And oh, um, so this. I got it. down to a list of about eight real key topics. You know, which is, and there's your subjects. There's your content. Yeah.
1: And that's how we write blogs as well. That's exactly how we do it. We find, you, you are a pro. I love it. That is exactly what we do. We we work out what people are talking about. We match it to what people are searching for. And there's always that crossover somewhere. And you think, actually, those are going to be really good topics and and yeah. something that people are going to search for or interested in. Um, the, the thing is as well, when you're looking at content, um, you have to match the type to your audience. So I work with big clients, and they're not the type of clients that come to me are not normally the ones that will do SEO so like Google searches. So people find it unusual that whether I write content, I don't have a huge blog. But it's because they don't naturally find their way like that. I tend to switch like one-to-one marketing. So a book. Or the podcast, something I can send to people tends to be work or or working on relationships, whereas SEO for me doesn't really work on those relationships. So when you're doing it, you know, you might get downhearted if you pick the wrong content that doesn't suit that relationship you're trying to build. So I always say to people, you know, look at all the different on my website. I've got I've now listed 64 types of content, that type of things that people can use that. Actually, you probably only need to use three or four of them, but they are the things that will really attract your audience and will help that business development pipeline. So, for example, I'll get, I'll give you mine. My podcast, where I invite potential client like clients onto it. Uh, webinars work really well in my industry. My book, which I can physically send out to prospects, um, and white papers, where I can write a white paper. And then I can send snippets to people that I think will interest them. But also, I can go and do a presentation of the white paper internally to large companies. So those are the ones that work for my business. And you can see why maybe a blog wouldn't work quite so well. So think about the ones that you can really use. In that, I hate this. It sounds very salesy, that like business development pipeline. But it's just a thought in the back of your head, because that way you'll get really, really good value, and you won't think you're like you're wasting your time as well. I'm going to put um,
0: a, an announcement at the beginning of this podcast okay, right at the beginning, which says anybody who doesn't listen to the very end of this podcast is missing absolute dynamite because you have never stopped giving riches and right literally up to the last second of this podcast. And that was just brilliant. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let us stop. Let us stop. I said I'd be disciplined
1: three hours later
0: (laughs) Um, we, we almost did it so tell uh listeners where to make contact with you
1: Uh, Well, I'm always on LinkedIn. So, Anna Bravington, and I'm the only Anna Bravington on LinkedIn. So, I'm super easy to find. If you can spell my last name, I can't most of the time. Um, Or those at dare.com, my website. You know, I love having a chat. So, just like connect with me or email me because I just love answering questions about content. So, you know, know. just love having a chat about it. So,
0: Anna is Come. wonderful to chat to I, I, you'd be a fool not to um, she is exactly what she sounds like here and what you'll get is what you see and all that other cliche stuff, it's true so so, <laughs> so let's wrap up on that on that note and thank you so much for all the beautiful <laughs> gems you've shared
1: that's my pleasure, thank you so much Trisha for inviting me
0: I'm on an unsquishing mission What if it's not imposter syndrome? What if it's that you're self-squashing? Want to find out more about this? Then look at my TEDx talk, Beware the Self-Squashing Prophecy, and my book, The Mystery of the Squashed Self. I think you've got the gist. Also, why not sign up for my Unsquash a Fortnightly email? All the links are over at trishalewis.com. See you at the next episode.